This is the Devin After Dark Podcast. Sitting here with one of my closest friends, Nick. Bet you didn't think we'd be on the podcast together, huh? <laughs> well, we're about to do the damn thing. We're going to talk about a bunch of different shit. Insert explicit. <laughs> bunch of random stuff. And we're, we're just going to we're just gonna talk about everything that's going on. Um, everything that's happened before. And everything that's going to happen in the future. Everything in between. Thank you for tuning in. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest. Thank you for having me on, brother. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, uh, I've never done a podcast, so this is uh, a little bit different. I've always wanted to. I've always kind of liked the fact that you did it. And like a part of me, I was always like, he's going to ask me at some point. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> and then sure as shit, you dove in my text message. Like, hey, brother, like, I, I think it'd be cool. And I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I was, come on, 100%. Well, I know what's funny about that, too. Cause like literally, like at the beginning of the year in January, like when we first like started to get like together and like yeah. start seeing each other more often, I was like, dude, me and Nick need to get a podcast. Hmm. But I was like inside, I was like, I don't know if he, I don't know if he wants to do that with me yet. Like I don't know if he's ready. I was like, does he want to get on a podcast with me? I'm like, all right, well we're gonna we're gonna let time tell. We're yeah. gonna let time tell. We're gonna keep it going. Yeah. And then literally a couple days ago, you know, we I sent him a text. I was like. Dude, matter of fact, this is something I've been thinking about for a while. I really want you on the podcast. Oh, yeah, because I texted you because you got your your little your your business going on, and like I saw what you were doing, and from a financial planning standpoint, like getting in front of people, talking to people, um, is super valuable. So I saw that, and I was like, well, this guy likes all my all my uh, posts, whether you read them or not. I don't Always. care, but you like them, so so I I really appreciate that. And when I saw that, I was like, well, I gotta do what he does for me and I'll make sure that I push his stuff. So, um, after that, like watching you start posting a little bit, I was like, okay, this is an opportunity for him. I'm going to make sure that I network with him, get his name out there on my, with the people that I know, just because, I mean, as you know, when we sat down for our first conversation, you were kind enough to introduce me to a lot of people. So, um, until you're in sales, you really don't understand the value of, of getting referrals. So, um, those who know, those who know, but those who know, you know, I appreciate that, bro. Like literally like throughout this whole like time we've been connecting with each other and then like having other people connect with us through each other oh, yeah. too. So we've had a lot of good conversations, even yeah. like when we'll go out or when we were sitting at our buddy's house in, uh, in the hot tub, just shooting the shit. Like we could have popped open, uh, our, hooked up some sort of audio and recorded that and be like, wow, that was a really good conversation. So it was kind of a no-brainer for us to at least have a conversation at some point. But, I mean, a day in the life of Nick Patterson is is explaining to people the value of financial planning. So um, us shooting the shit for a little bit is pretty easy to do. Yes. <laughs> and, like, that's funny you brought up the uh, that hot tub conversation we had, dude, because that – that literally is like one of the things I hold on yeah. like in our relationship yeah. now because like that was like a pivotal point for us. Yeah. Like in terms of like everything that like we've been through together and like I was just so happy to be having that conversation with you at that time because mm -hmm. I was like I always thought like oh like we were never really got along at some points. Yeah. Yeah. And then once we had that conversation and we got together. Yeah. And we talked like I was like. 
<laughs> like Nick needs to be in my life. Like yeah. we need to, like we, we need to talk about shit. Yeah, and on the, on, on the like surface, you really never know what like people are about. Obviously, and then you hear from somebody else. Oh, this is what he's doing. Oh, okay, I'll paint this picture, and this is what he is. I know. In that hot tub, I we went from we talked about probably the three things you're not supposed to talk to: uh, finances, religion, and politics. And yeah. not one time were we like, you know what? I'm out of here. Like, let's. I can't even handle your opinion. <laughs> yeah. So I think with people who value your opinion and who understand that, like our conversation is just a conversation. It's not like. It, it means something, but we don't come from a situation where, like, this is my definite answer, and if you disagree with me, I don't want to have a conversation with you. So, exactly. Um, I, that's what I got out of that uh, little hot tub time machine conversation. <laughs> yes, it was like a hot tub yeah, time machine. Right? Well, it's like because we, we, we found that mutual understanding, you know, and we both had, were open-minded enough to, you know, kind of hear each other out talking about those three things that most people don't want to talk about. Yeah. You know, so once we started doing that, it was like. All right, well, what the hell do we have to worry about when we start talking about other stuff? Yeah, <laughs> like, everything else is, is just out the window in terms of awkwardness. Yeah. And part of it is because my goal in my career is to talk about those finances, which is something that people hold really dearly to themselves. Yeah. So for me, having those conversations is very normal where some people start to get kind of squeamish or like, oh, you're asking me about, oh, this could get kind of awkward. Yeah. But I don't find it awkward and I, I'd like to think I do a pretty good job of um, getting people to converse about how they feel because I mean I don't know every answer and I kind of want to know your point of view why you think a specific way so um, I know me and you see eye to eye on a lot of things but I'm sure there are some differences but I mean whatever they are it's not going to affect my relationship with you exactly like I mean if you like Chipotle and I, I like Kidoba I, I, I don't trust you but I mean <laughs> Wait, hold on. That's you like Chipotle right? better, right? No, Chipotle is for the for that's for, shit's for the birds. <laughs> it's bird food, right? Dang. So there we go. We just found our first disagreement. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but the best thing about it is we understand why the other person likes that other yeah. other thing or, or feels that certain way. For sure. For sure. And no hard feelings either. No. So never. Okay. Just so, don't ever ask me to go to Chipotle. Just, I will never go. <laughs> It's trash. I might, I might, I might make the sacrifice and go to Qdoba with you. We end up doing that. You will once you have the queso. You'll, oh, under, yeah. <laughs> you'll understand the value in the queso. But wait, one of the one of the things that, and obviously, like I never been on a podcast, so I did a little bit of like, I guess prep. Is there's a million things that we could talk about? It, like, I mean, you can go to a family event, and we were, went from quarantine for however many months you went to getting together with your family everybody has their opinions about what's going on in the world and i don't want it to get too political to where we're choking each other by the end of it but um are you optimistic or more pessimistic about with everything that's going on because that's kind of like something i like to gauge just with everybody yeah because if they're optimistic i know how to kind of handle them and then if they're pessimistic i almost because i'm always an optimistic so i'm always going to try to like hey it's going to be okay what we're yes. going through right now, this is what we're seeing. The news makes it sound like the earth is burning, but we're, well, actually, it is kind of burning right now. But that aside, yes. <laughs> things aren't as bad as what they say. So I'm actually exactly. just kind of looking for your gen- that genuine um, rationale to how you feel about the current situation. So I'm really happy that you asked me that question. So the way that I approach those situations is like on the surface, I'm always an optimist. Mm-hmm. I'm optimistic in everything I do. 
whether it's somebody that comes to me with advice for something, I always want to be optimistic and let them know that they could go through it yeah. on their own. Um, in terms of like the situation, I'm optimistic about the negativity of it. Hmm. So all the negativity is what's required to get to that positivity right now is how I, I view things because being optimistic about the situations that are going on in the world, you know, with everything, you know, being burned down and like all the politics and everything that's going on. I feel like it's, it's the perfect time for people to actually start to realize what is going on in the world Mm -hmm. and what required, what is required from things, knowing about things that are going on in the world is a lot of different people expressing how they feel about things and having different judgment than other people, having um, a different view of things than other people. So I think being optimistic with the whole thing is everything that's going on is happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. The light is at the end of the tunnel. It yeah. really is. Um, we may not see it right now because we're in we're in the dark we're in the dark zone of mm-hmm. a lot of different things, but. What has happened throughout history um, with the dark zones? We've gotten we've gotten over it. For sure. We've gotten better yeah. as individuals and a society. Yeah. So seeing seeing things that have happened in the past, like for example, like 2008 recession, like we, my brother and I talked about this on the podcast previously, is like that was a dark zone for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Dark zone for a lot of families. In 2008, everybody everything was. Everybody didn't know how they were going to get out of those situations. Especially in Michigan, because yeah. the automotive GM filed for bankruptcy. Everybody in the general vicinity works for or contributes to the big three in some capacity. And mm-hmm. that's I mean, the main reason to why I'm even in financial planning was because yep. of seeing the ruins of somebody who works in the uh, automotive designer at GM. And then shit hitting the fan. And it's like, hey, you're good. we didn't know we were going to be laid off for two years but i do think that on the other side of adversity or in this case darkness like you were saying yeah. lies a lot of good the only i'm i'm a lot more pos, uh, pessimistic mm-hmm. in some ways but the people i listen to make me more optimistic yes. so and i just noticed that like i talk to people who are pessimistic about this current situation it's like hey what are you going to do about it? You're going to cry all day? I don't want to hang out with you if you're going to cry all day. Right. I don't want to talk to you because all you're going to do is bitch and moan. So for me, surrounding my people, myself with people who think that, hey, you know what? It's going to be all right. Things are going to be okay. I tend to gravitate towards that than sitting in an echo chamber full of people who are just miserable. Yes. So um, the only thing that does scare me is that, you know, Rome eventually collapsed. So I hope mm-hmm. that America is not that. <laughs> Or not at that point yet. My kids can deal with that, not me. Hopefully, I'm dead. But <laughs> we'll be there. We'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that's crazy because, like, honestly, like how I was saying, like I'm optimistic on the surface. I'm mm-hmm. optimistic in different situations. I do have a pessimistic side of me. Yeah. So in 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 times like I'm going to think negatively about situations. I'm going to feel like the pain, and I'm going to feel the adversity that I'm going through. Yeah. But what actually like helps me be such an optimistic is that exact pessimist. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I got that. Because like, like, when things are going wrong, it pushes you to do things that make you feel better. Mm-hmm. So um, that does make a lot of sense. I like that. And it and it and it creates growth. Oh, hundred like, percent. Interpersonally and outside growth, and that's that's what it's all about. 
And that's why like both of us, like we're rooted in faith and that's how we get through like the pessimistic stuff that we have to deal with. And then once we get to the other side, we're like, Oh yeah. crap, I went through that. Yeah. There's nothing else I can't do. Yeah. So it gets like that optimist feeling. Of- yeah, for sure. And it's, it's tough for like, if you're a follower of Christ, like obviously you know that what we're doing on this earth is like so minuscule to like, what the bigger picture is. So to convey that to other people when we're dealing with what we're dealing, it's like, oh, I don't want to hear that, man. Like, it's bad out here. Like, I get that, but like, before you're a Democrat, before you're a Republican, or before you're a supporter of whatever group you are, you are a child of God. And if you, if that is a common denominator for you, your loved ones, you're going to be okay. So just what you do after that, whether you want to be happy or miserable, that's up to you. If you're a follower of God, obviously that's Absolutely. number one. Check that box. We're in good shape. But um, making sure that your mental state is good, and obviously, I mean, in order to have a good mental state, you gotta you gotta stay active too. Your, yes. bo- your body's attached to your head, so you gotta make sure that's that's up to par too. Mm-hmm. But uh, I always live by the spiritual, mental, mental, physical. So if you can yes. master those three, especially the spiritual, because like. I will have a month where like, let's just say I pull something so I can't work out. And then I had a bad month and the people who I thought um, I created value for didn't think that it was much value. Don't follow through with my plan. And now I'm looking, okay, I'm not going to make that much money this month. Uh, I can't even work out. Like if you don't have a common denominator of saying like, Hey, you know what? Like, but I always have my faith. It's going to be tough to get out of ruts. And a lot of people who don't have that, they find themselves like looking through books to try to find uh, why they feel a specific way and uh, just for answers. So I urge anybody, and I'm sure some people are going to roll their eyes, like, get that Bible talk out of here. But I mean, there's a lot of value to it. And you got to be a specific person in a specific position to feel the full effects of it. Yes. And it happens at different times. So, um, I mean... I'll, I'll have my buddies come to church who don't really want anything to do with it. And it's not about going to church that one time. It's about making it a habit. Because like if you want to get fit, you have to go to the gym consistently. And eventually you're like, oh, yeah. this is what it's about. I'm, I'm shedding weight. I'm not going to – I don't feel any better off than my first one. If anything, you probably puked and you felt like crap. Yeah. But if you go to church, like this is weird. They're singing. They keep talking about this guy who's supposedly looking down on me. Like that's mm-hmm. weird. But if you keep going, there's going to be a message that resonates with you. And you're going to go drive home and you're going to be like, holy shit. This is what they were talking about. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. say it's going to take a month. It could take a year. I I mean, for me, like I've was born in a Christian family. So it was just one of those things where it's like, God did it. Like everything's God did it. Yes. But once you get older, you start being a little bit more of a, for lack of better terms, a shithead. Like it didn't, it took me to like, I want to say like 19 or 20 was when like I came back around and I was like, I'm going to take this thing seriously. And I remember I went, it was very vividly. I went out, partied up at state, came back Saturday and I went to church on Sunday and I was, I did not feel good. I was hungover, um, did some stuff that didn't make me feel good about myself. And I was sitting there in church cause I always just made it to church cause that was just what I did. And the message was speaking to me and it was like, it was talking about like what it means to be a man yeah. and it, what it was to be a man in the eyes of God was to 
push back against like the things that are instant pleasure. Right. So like things that are awesome now, like going out and partying, doing a mm-hmm. bunch of things. Yeah, it feels good now, but it takes it, you're more of a man if you can push that stuff away and focus on more worldly things like having a better relationship with your uh, fiance or your wife. So or, or having a better relationship with your family, because at that time I really didn't I was pushing back against my family. So um, I think that if it wasn't for me going to church consistently, I wouldn't be in the situation that I am now. And I know me and you both have had yes. deep conversations about our faith. Um and I know some people who are probably fast forwarding through the faith part of this. It's like, hey, do what you want with my information. I could just promise you that anybody who I've honestly dragged to the church found some sort of value yes. in it. So I'm, I'm sure you can yes. get a test to that. Of course. And like we actually grew up like in that same environment. We actually yeah, went, your to the same exact, right. we went to the I same exact that. church together. Yeah. So we we've we've been able to you know, connect with the spirit of ourselves. Oh yeah. And like how you're saying, like with the spirit, mental and physical, yeah. they're all, they're all, they all mold together. For sure. So like with like both of us in our physical fitness, like we, we're doing that because it helps our spirit and it helps our mental. For sure. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that I started doing, like when I really was starting to focus more on physical than my spiritual and mental mm-hmm. was I took a step back from my, my physical mm. and I started training my mental and I also started practicing my spiritual. Yeah. And then the rest of them, they all, they all mold together and they show. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's like certain steps, like, it's one thing to go, like, first thing first, if you want to get fit, you have to go tell yourself you're going to go to the gym mm-hmm. once or twice a week just to get it going. And that's the same where whether you want to get better mental, whether that's go to college, read a book, do a program, do something to get yourself better. Mm-hmm. Same thing spiritual. You need to, you, you can go to church and you'll learn a lot, but if you don't, like, you know you sin and you know there are things that you do that you shouldn't be doing, I would... Just try, start with something like, like swearing. And this is something that I continuously deal with. Yes. I, <laughs> swear, I swear way more than I want to, and I, <laughs> and I want to get better at it. But this, what I'm saying is find something that is a sin that is easy to chip away at. Because it's, it's almost like a drug. Like there's going to be a portion where like, man, I, I really want to do, like maybe it's, you don't want to, uh, disobey or, or, or cuss out your parents or whatever it is find find something yes. make an effort to do better because the first couple of weeks you're going to find it hard you're going to be holding your tongue you're going to not want to go out with your friends because what they're doing is wrong on the other side of that you're going to feel a lot better about yourself like you know i challenge myself this is a sin i feel a lot better about that and god's going to open up doors to you because you did that and yes. i'm a big believer that anytime something bad happens to you it doesn't necessarily mean that oh well god did this to me well maybe god did this to you for you to do something else yes god does that to teach you so you can learn 100 percent, 100 percent. and if if you're not open to the idea of hey something bad happened to me this might be something that i need to open my eyes to you're going to always be a disadvantage you're always going to be upset and mm-hmm. i feel like for those who don't have a, a strong spiritual background when they're in that situation, something bad happened to me, what do you turn to? Your mental's jacked up. Yep. You're probably not going and working out your uh, your physical state. So so then what? You're, you're, you're sitting there leaning you're on your this. own 
understandings. You're talking to people who have different mm-hmm. opinions. Mm-hmm. So having like for me and my fiance staff, that's your shout out. You get it. Okay. So ours, <laughs> I always told her, I said, Hey, our common denominator needs to be the Bible because you're going to be able to call me out on things that I'm saying, and I'll be able to call you out on things I'm or you're saying. But if we know that our common denominator is the Bible, that's that's where the buck stops. If, mm-hmm. if we're at each other's throats, we have our own opinions, what's the Bible say? And then that's when we say, okay, if that's what the Bible says, who's wrong? Who needs to work on it? And then we'll move on from there. So. Yeah. And then you create that understanding. Yeah, yeah, right for sure. There. And like we'll go into conversations and maybe arguments about things that she's doing or I'm doing. And we'll know in the back of our mind that like, okay, what's the Bible say about this? Okay. I can't continue this argument because I know where it's going to end up. Yeah. And I'm going to get a verse thrown in my face and I'm going to be like, shit, you're right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've been there numerous times. And, and, that's, and, and that's a good point that you hit on. Mm-hmm. I know we probably both do this. Correct me if I'm wrong. But we, wrong. <laughs> we it, it created a sense in us to where we, we know how to react to certain situations. You know what I mean? Like, so like you could take a step back without doing something that's going to hurt your future. Yeah. I I would say like, um, when you hear or see relationships that you've been around where like they lash out at each other, it usually turns like one thing that I tried to talk to some of us, Hey, what good do we get from swearing at each other? Yeah. Like if we're talking about like there's a problem, let's talk about the problem. But you, but you or me dropping f bombs is only getting money in the waters. And now anytime one of us, the first person that swears, the other person just shuts up. Yeah. Because at that point, it's like we can't. We're not. We're not talking about fixing something. We're just yelling at each other, yeah. and that's not going to go anywhere. It's just so. bouncing off each other. It's been beneficial. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say we're perfect, but we're perfect. Hey, <laughs> that's what it's all about. That's what you got to believe in your heart. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. We're back. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to put a disclaimer for those who see the uh, video of this. I have a red caterpillar on my lip, so it's a quarantine thing. Um, Steph gave me the thumbs up, so if you like it, you like it. If you don't, shut up. <laughs> so I got a similar story to tell. My beard, I've been getting called... Uh, bunch of different names i look like a pirate or whatever i like uh and my girl likes it so if you don't like it then sorry sorry i'm sorry about it i've I've noticed a lot of people get a uh fidel castro going and that's kind of what you yeah i heard he was a really good guy though so yeah i mean he did some things but you know at the core he might be good (laughs) what what else did you uh notice you picked up over quarantine because i know a lot of people probably picked up some just awesome habits that they're just going to carry on in the 2021. So, <laughs> so I definitely picked up a beard. We both picked up facial hair. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I really have been doing um, from a positive standpoint, I've been really getting into meditation. Uh, meditation has really been a good thing that I picked up on. Um, also nature walks, um, like going to parks and things like that and just walking outside uh, was really beneficial for me. Um, able to connect with nature and just kind of like realize like can you talk to birds yet yeah (laughs) not yet but i do but i do feel like certain certain animals come to you at certain points something that are uh, you taking acid too on these folks no no completely sober um what type of meditations are you doing just uh, so i'm doing a lot of just reflection um 
meditations. Um, something to like calm my anxieties and calm my anger and things like that. Um, hmm. I've been doing guided meditations with like headspace that really help. Um, but I've also been reading a lot, which is cool. Like I, I, I'm weird, like with my reading, like I'm not super consistent with it, but once I do it, like I go really head you on in it for a while, I'll finish a book and then I'll stop and not read for a couple months. So I was doing a lot of that. I'll listen to audio books and things like just to keep, keep my you know, my mental and my spiritual intact. What book um, are you reading right now? So I have a couple books that I'm reading. I have one that's on my Scribd app. Um, it's it's like, uh, I, I gotta pull it up actually. I forgot what uh, what the exact title is. This is this is our podcast right now, so I can pull this have up. You, have, you, have you opened the book? So, you don't know the damn title? Yes, so. Call them out. <laughs> Trina <laughs> Reed. Treating people well, the extraordinary power of civility at work and in life. Something that is really cool. Like, um, just for context of what this book is about, it's about two secretary of state um, in the White House. Mm-hmm. One served under Bush and one served under, under Obama. Oh, uh-huh. that's kind of cool. And they both wrote a book on how to treat people well. And it's like, it, show, it, it tells like stories from inside the White House of how these people like adjusted to... The cabinet that was in That's in neat. office yeah. and like how what, what two, they have to do to completely different cabinets. But it's weird because they actually show how similar they are hmm. and how similar the families and like it's it's really interesting. Um, and gotta, it gives some good tips on how to. I gotta work. believe like when you get to that specific level, you did something that everybody in that path has been doing. So mm-hmm. to say like they're very different. It's probably just like one says they're uh, Republican, the other one says they're Democrat. But mm-hmm. outside of that, you're probably the same person. Exactly. Because it's all the same thing, you know? It's it's being a good person in front of other people. You know, being yeah. being a lead, leader by example, doing certain things. Um, well, they try to. That, yeah. They, so it's like... <laughs> they try. It, it, it's crazy how similar they were. Because like you, you read the beginning of the book and you hear that well, this one served under Obama and this one served under Bush. Yeah. And you realize like how similar they are throughout the book mm-hmm. and like the similar That's interesting. treatment that they both had. And it was like, whoa, like this is cool. And then they also like they give points of like how to, you know, be a better person, like uh, like act like everybody's watching you. That's something I do personally. I've always done that, yeah. which is weird. Um, so like it's just like something that's like interesting to read. Um and another book um, I've always uh, I've been listening to an audio book the uh, Fifty Cent um, Hustle Harder book is really awesome. It's really good. Yeah, a good book can go a long way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, picked up some other hobbies. I mean, I was playing some tennis, which is fun. You know, I was getting on my Roger Federer a little bit. I would have never um, thought you played tennis. <laughs> Shout out to Mike. Um, so then. I also had this like impulsive decision one day where I was like, I really want to play baseball again. Um, so I went again. You played mm, baseball a little bit just when I was younger, right. and like so, you know. <laughs> I'm weird because like I like I like astrology a little bit. So like what? So We're Miguel talking about baseball. Yeah, I was talking about stars. The, there's a point. There's a point. <laughs> Miguel Cabrera has the same birthday as me, so I'm like. All right, well, maybe I should try out baseball. (laughs) Like, maybe I should get back to the roots. I'm like, all right, cool. So I went to Dick's Sporting Goods, you know, picked up a Louisville Slugger. 
Um, <laughs> went out to the local park here and I, I grabbed some balls, tennis balls. <laughs> and I was just hitting, hitting just it. tossing it up. Yeah. And it was good. Like I was just like kind of working out while I was doing it too. Gotcha. Like when I was doing it for a while, like I would just like run the bases, like after I hit, like mm-hmm. just to, just to How add some like <laughs> 24 years old. Oh, two shit. months ago. <laughs> David, David, you need to attend it. Him when he goes on this, otherwise he's gonna look like a crackhead. <laughs> he actually came him. out that day. He to came out one you? of the days. He came out and then he was pitching to me. So this is your um, uncle Rico mixtape. Yeah, yeah. Get out of the baseball team. I was like, oh, oh dude, yeah. that was my goal. Calls you, I'll throw it to you. Jeez, that's funny that you said that because like I literally my goal was to hit one ball that day over the fence. It's a dinger. Yeah, and I think a lot it just kind of shows like the you know the passion of like going to try something new and wanting to get that objective. Mm -hmm. So like, I was just like, I really need to hit a ball over the fence. And you know, I'm struggling. I was, you know, hitting the ball, (laughs) trying to pitch to myself. I was swinging and missing a lot. And then I finally like hit a ball that went like deep into center field. Yeah. And I was like, Oh wow. I might just, I might just be able to get it over the fence. And it just, it just gave me like a little spark and it just made me feel good. It got my endorphins released. Yeah. And uh, that's one thing that I just was, grateful as a takeaway for yeah from that um it's tennis baseball what else reading um in terms of sports i mean i i really want to get on the basketball courts but the only the only um, i'll dice you up yeah like i'll dice you up you're like tyler hero in the cut Dude, I, I play basketball <laughs> with one arm i can't touch if it goes to the left it's gone <laughs> it's gone but yeah, in terms of sports, I mean, those were the only ones I was playing. Um, and then just doing a lot of walking in parks and things like that. Walking has been the big one. I know yeah. uh, with, like, I started, like, waking up every morning. Mm-hmm. And I'll turn on my podcast and I'll just, like, walk. Brisk mile. You turn on the early. Devin After Dark, right? Of course. All right. <laughs> and after this, I'm going to listen to myself and critique the way I speak. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, no, that's, that's kind of, like, it's a good way for me to start my day. Um, kind of clear the mind. Because now that there's no like initial drive to work mm-hmm. anymore, you just wake up and flip open my computer and hit the phones. But that is like my drive, and it's honestly a little bit more relaxing. You get I get to you know be one with nature. Yeah, yeah. And you get to unwind, and you get to you know. This is a good way to start the day. Good. It's a good way to start the day, what especially in like the world of sales. It's all you're doing is just getting jostled constantly following leads that might lead to really good things and some that are dead ends but being able to wake up on a you know clear mind like okay today's gonna be a good day regardless if it's a good day i'm gonna do my best to make it a good day um and i know that you're following suit with your new sales uh position so yes that's really what that's really what it's about man is just taking Taking the good out of some of the bad in sales. I have to. Because it's, it's a balance all the time. Um, I feel like a lot of people get caught up in the bad in sales and like want to quit. And um, when you realize like some of the good things, like one of the best things that uh, I know we both agree on is like just the, the feeling of somebody being appreciative of your services and referring you to somebody else. Oh, 100%. That's more valuable than money. Yeah. Just because, I mean, yes. I mean, you're able to get your 
aunt to sit in front of you and you mm. put her in a, a better spot than what she would have done when you first sat down with her. But to go the extra mile and to get a text message like, hey, I just shared your information with so-and-so, it's like, no shit. Mm. All right. I created some value. I didn't just twist someone's arm into doing something they didn't want to do. So, um, yes, yeah, sales sucks. It really, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most rewarding, but it's a, it's a highs, the highest highs and the lowest lows. You have to manage it like nobody's business. I'll come home some days and I'm just like staring into the abyss and stuff. I'll be like, is something wrong? Did I do something? And I'm like, no, I just don't have anyone to call. And then she'll say like, okay, you know what? Like, I'll pull out my Instagram and like those little things, like even though we might not get anywhere with it, knowing that she's able to kind of like boost my morale when I'm having a bad day. Cause and like, I'm starting to get used to the fact that like, Hey, a bad week doesn't necessarily mean it's a, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Like I just have to stick through it and good things will come. And especially if you're bringing value to people, which I'm pretty certain I do. Yes, um, you do. It's just a time thing. Yes, you do, man. You brought value to me for a long time. But uh, it's funny you say that because like, because I feel like we might be the same on this level, like where we put so much in to like what we think the result might be from being, Mm -hmm. you know, there in our sales position and like, you know, just really taking pride in what we do. So like the after after we leave work, we might be a little bit, you know, thinking that we may have not done enough yeah. to get the reward of that. Yeah. And like, that's one good thing about like being in a relationship is like your girl's there to like lean on, you lean you, on you, you, you need, you need like a cheerleader. It. You need cheerleaders. Yeah. And unfortunately, I should say, unfortunately, some people have families to where they're like very optimistic for them, mm-hmm. but it helps to have somebody outside of your inner circle to kind of lean on. So valuing, mentors who are because anybody could tell me hey dude you're gonna be okay like just put your uh like just put your head down and, and start working hard it's gonna work out but like you don't know shit you're telling me yeah. this, that's a cliche like I'm, I'm thankful but like i need to talk to somebody who's like hey i've been in your situation exactly right? and this is what i did to kind of get myself out of that funk mm-hmm. so um find a mentor who's in your situation who you can kind of lean on otherwise it, it's gonna get tough and if you don't have a good support system, um, you, you might not last as long as you thought. So exactly, just stick it out. And that's good. Like um, we both have mentors. I got numerous. You know, I got a bunch fields. of mentors. Like all across the board that just keep me, you know, inspired to keep doing what I'm doing. Because you know what mm-hmm. the the main thing is is like your mentor is there to believe in you and your abilities. You know, and push you to where you're supposed to be at, and to call you out on your bullshit, and 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 to hold you accountable. Because in any business, like there's going to be days where you're just not feeling it, mm-hmm. and you need someone to be like, "Hey, you suck." Like, if you continue this, you're done. Mm-hmm. And those types of slaps in the face are like, okay, I needed that, and you'll get used to it. And like some days, you're like, man, what? Look at this guy. He doesn't even doesn't believe in me anymore. Like he's a horrible mentor, but like that conversation of him slapping you around was meant for you to kind of like wake up. Yeah. Um, I remember I had that first conversation. I was working at a uh, hydraulics distribution center. It was a small one. And my boss, uh, who was a real hard ass, but he was a businessman at, at heart. And I remember I was, it was like 19, 20 years old. And I really just, I was 19, 20. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more excited to where I'm going to be spending my weekend 
at whether it's central state, wherever it was. And I remember I shipped out something just wrong. It was just, I just didn't read. And he basically like pieced me up and cussed me out and just told me, Hey, what, what are you going to do with your life? You're going to work back here the rest of your life. What do you want to like, I can't, I'll leave you on the payroll for, for this long. If you're just going to be doing this amount of work for me, but he's like, is that what you want out of life? Mm -hmm. And after that, I think he like sent me home too. I like drove home and I was like, I never want to feel that helpless to the mm -hmm. point where like I had no rebuttal. Like I couldn't say like, oh, I'm trying my best. It was just like, I'm not giving yeah. it my best. Like I did something dumb and this is what I get for it. So once you get slapped around a little bit and someone pieces you up and not everybody deals with um, motivation that way. And I like to, I like the Jocko uh, Will, uh, Willink and I like the David Goggins and they're like, hey, you're a piece. You need to, you need to get your, uh, your yes. mind right. Otherwise you're going to be a loser. Sack up. Yeah. <laughs> so like I need that type of abuse yeah. in order for me to get past what I'm dealing through. I, I don't do well with people saying it's going to be okay. Like, no, screw that. Like, I'm a loser. I need to make an adjustment to get me to a specific point where I feel comfortable. Right. And once you get engaged and then you, like me and stuff do a lot of like foreshadowing of like, Hey, this is what we want. This is what we want. And in order to get here, this is what we have to do. Mm -hmm. So it's all mapped out under my roof. So I know not there's, we're going to be able to deviate from things a little bit, but I do have a pretty clean cut path. And I don't know if you do this with, with uh, your potential clients is painting a picture for them because a lot of people have mm -hmm. these big aspirations, but they've never actually like talked about it right. and, and figured out like, how are you going to do this? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if you've had uh, similar situations when you're oh, walking man. people around. Crazy. That's actually one of the big things like in the company that I have. It's like they want us to paint a picture for them. Oh, yeah. And at first I was kind of hesitant to it because I don't want to tell these people how to how they're going to live their lives. Yeah. But also like when you're putting value into somebody's life or, you know, giving them, you know, something that is a ben benefit for them as well, you kind of have to paint a picture for them because sometimes the perspective, like they're not going to realize yeah. what it could be or how this could benefit them. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy that you said that. Cause like literally like when you said that, I thought about my, my call sheet that tells me to paint pictures, paint yeah. a picture of, with the senses of how it would be for them to be in this situation. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Yeah. And once I started doing it, I've, I've been feeling more, um, they've been, I've been feeling like a more sense of appreciation. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's an understanding. Yeah. If you can convince yourself, and I don't even like to use the word convince, if you can understand the value that you bring to someone and get them to realize it has value as well. So like a lot of times people are like, you know, I'm going to work till uh, I retire and everything's going to be cake. It's like, okay, so you don't want anything specific all along that process. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know, I kind of wanted a cabin. I wanted this. Like, well, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. You want a cabin? Like, are we going to do that? And they're like, well, you know, I never really sat down and talked about it. Like, well, if that's what you want, does it make sense for us to have a conversation? Right. And for the most part, it's just a matter of like say, me being the carrier of information saying, hey, let's have the conversation. We have it. Everyone feels good about their situation and I can 
see where it might make sense to make adjustments, whether you're spending too much today and you're going to have less tomorrow. So it all just depends. But um, overall, if you understand that you're bringing value to somebody, like that's where a sales mat, that's where a sale is made. It's when two people exchange value. Exactly. So that's, that's the soul of that. But, but yeah, over, over quarantine, like, starting in the financial or even just starting a job in general in quarantine mm-hmm. it's been so ass backwards oh yeah. and I, i've had a lot of conversation with other advisors and they're like hey man you make it through this we're gonna be in good shape so i'm mm-hmm. like okay well um we're getting through this i'm doing pretty good i was like maybe this is a, a good spot where i landed and mm-hmm. uh I'm, I'm so far i'm pretty happy with with what i've been doing so that's good that's yeah. what it's all about man you know finding the silver lining in it yeah yeah i mean not everybody's going to find their passion right away like Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of it takes you going out there and working before you can actually find like okay from this job this is what i liked out of it and that led me to this job and this is what i like out of it and when you take a step back and say okay i'm good at this i'm good at this i'm good at this what's a career where i could take this this and this and be successful Mm -hmm. so college is great but it does no good in terms of teaching people how and where they want to be in mm-hmm. life. Like I agree. college was honestly for me just a, a hurdle that I had to get over that says like, hey, I'm educated now. Mm-hmm. I, I know things about college. So <laughs> yeah. um, my licenses, my licensings have more value than anything. But mm-hmm. I mean, I got the degree, so cool. Hey, that's an accomplishment in itself. For sure. Getting for sure. the degree first. Like, see, that's a great great point that you touched on because like i didn't pursue that degree don't need to i didn't i didn't end up getting a degree um i went to i went to college right out of high school once we finished high school i went to college i didn't know what i wanted to do but i was in a predicament where i was working a lot and i was up for promotions um so i was working my ass off at champs champ sports um i worked there throughout high school junior year to you know, past um, graduation, everything. And I was promoted to sales leader. And um, I learned like a lot of tricks of the trade, like just how to, you know, communicate with people, how to run business operations and the whole nine. And I realized I was like, well, maybe I made it, may have made the right decision, like not pursuing school and just trying to get my foot in and learning how to run business and things Mm -hmm. like that. And I feel like we might have took, like, a similar approach with that. Um, But you ended up going to school, which is, like, I admired the hell out of that. You ended up getting your degree and everything. Yeah. And, like, I feel like we just have a niche, like, a niche for, like, growing. Yeah. And, like, trying to display our passions and things. And, like, how you were saying, like, you kind of learn along the way, like, what you're really, like, searching to do. Yeah. Passion. Yeah. I found more, I mean, unfortunately in the financial planning sphere like you need a degree so that was literally the only reason why Mm -hmm. i got it was just because this is what you need check the box and then go do what you want to do so if it was up to me i would have never gone through it i would have went through a bunch of financial planning courses that would further my knowledge in that sphere but you got to go through check the box and like there is value in like learning how to learn and i think that that's what like middle school, high school, college do is they throw things at, at you that you don't really want to learn. But if mm-hmm. you're able to pick it up 
you're going to be in a situation to where you're in your career and you got to figure something out that you just don't want to know, but mm-hmm. you know how to learn things you just don't want to learn. Yes. So it has value, although I don't know. I hate I hate, I hate the way high school set up. <laughs> I, I I love Chippewa, but I hated it. It was such a I didn't. I mean, I went to school and I didn't. I went to uh, Chippewa. And I graduated saying, I'm not going to school because I hated school so much. Yep. And if it wasn't for that same conversation that that guy put me on blast for, I would have never have went to college and said, hey, you know what? This, In order to get to where I want to be, I need to jump this hurdle. So I love all you teachers at Chippewa, but <laughs> you didn't do me no good. So I agree with that. That's crazy. That back. Some teachers were pretty good at Chippewa. And they know I love them. But yeah, that's besides the point. Got a couple of them, you know. For sure. But like coming out of high school, we both had that same mindset. Like, you know, like I don't want to go back. To, I don't Why am I in chemistry? Yeah. Why am I in here? This what is the learning? dumbest thing. You made me hate school. Yeah. Who knows? I'm I'm gonna love science, but chemistry pissed me off to the point where I didn't want to go. So thank <laughs> you for that. I I breezed through, man. I honestly breezed through high school, bro. Well, I'll tell I don't you. know how I don't know how I did it. Uh, Your parents paid. They didn't tell you that yet. Parents no. paid you to get through college. Hell no, bro. No, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> I just breezed through, man. I didn't. I didn't. Honestly, I like looking back at it. I was struggling throughout high school, interpersonally. But I like what I was doing is like I was just I was just going with the flow, and I ended up, you know, finishing it off. And then I was like, well, why should I go back to school? Yeah. And I did it. I tried it, but you know, I was in a situation with the work that I was doing at the time. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pursue this. And I got to the point where I was like, you know, I'm going to move on from this too and go to this different opportunity. And I was just constantly chasing something. It's, it's hard to know exactly what you want to do when you're 18. Yeah. And they, I mean, they're breeding you to go to college mm-hmm. to do something like I didn't know that business was my call. I didn't know that I was going to be good at finance. I didn't know I was going to be good at accounting. I, school didn't offer it to me. No. Um, and it wasn't something that they pushed me into as well. They pushed me into a lot of, I mean, like algebra, chemistry, physics, and stuff like that. And I don't know. I just, I wish school did a better job of molding people into what they want to be versus molding people into college ready kids yeah. because not everybody also has the financial wherewithal to go to college and college is so damn expensive as it is i was able to pay my way through macomb but once i got to walsh it's 475 dollars a credit hour oh no way in hell i can't work that much to pay for that so it was unfortunate but i mean student loans is it's an opportunity i mean it's an opportunity for you to go to school but you're basically signing up at uh, 20 years old or even younger saying, I'm going to incur a shit ton of debt to get to where I need to be. And it's a shame because yeah. it deters a lot of people who want to go to school, but they just won't want to because, hey, I'm going to, by the way, when you graduate, you're going to owe me like three to $400 a month yep. minimum just to pay this off. So it's, it's very scary. Mm-hmm. So you really got to know exactly, hey, this is where I'm going. This is what it's going to pay. It's going to be able to pay off like you just got to really know your shit yeah. long term. You don't want to just play around in college. And I feel like high school, like, yeah, go to college. You'll figure it out. F that. 
If you no. don't know what you're going into, don't go to college. It's going to be so expensive. That's the most expensive thing to figure it out. Yeah. Go work somewhere and figure out what you like in that company and figure out how you can get to that position. But exactly. Don't figure it out in high school. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, go try shit. Don't yeah. waste your money trying to find what you want oh, yeah. to do that's going to click. And that's basically what I, you know, I did. Um, I went straight into business. I was just like, yeah, dude, I want to get biz. I want to get a business degree in college, but like, you don't fuck college, bro. Like, I I can't afford it. Like, yeah, I couldn't afford it, bro. Yeah, I really couldn't. Like the situations that were going on, I couldn't go to college. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna just dive into business. So here's a question for you. With that notion, do you think college should be free? It, but it has to start. It has to start from the upbringing to college, though. I think that college could be free. I think that that would be a great incentive for people to kind of, you know, get get a degree and learn learn a trade, learn a skill, learn learn any type of, um, you know, major that they want to get into. But it has to it has to start from it has to start from the previous education. Mm-hmm. So, how do you pay for free college? See, and that's and that's exactly what the question is. Yeah, it is. Because how are we going to do that? Are we going to take it out of people's tax money? Are we going to, are we going to make these college institutes for nonprofits a profit? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, if I could just jump in real quick, I think if college was free, people wouldn't go. Yeah, there would be no value. Exactly. There'd be no value. It's that mm-hmm. it holds you accountable, knowing I'm putting money out of my pocket. I have to do this. Like, yes. Yeah, because public school is free. To an yeah. Extent. And, and, so, and people, yeah, you felt that way about high school going into college, knowing that it's free. You're literally gonna drop out the first week. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I, I would. I want school to have some sort of financial value because I tell you what, me paying for my schooling, uh, the first two years up front, mm-hmm. I got my first semester. I got a C. I was like, oh hell no! Like if I'm paying for this, I need to make sure that my grades are up to snuff. When in high school, I didn't care. Get my C and get the hell out. Yeah. So there needs to be some sort of tangible value. Otherwise, people who have degrees who paid for it, it's going to be worthless. Mm-hmm. And it's also going to, when you make things um, like the difference between a public school and a private school, private, you pay for it. But you're also, in a sense, in some cases, I don't know, you're getting a better education because your parents are paying for me to teach you. Your ass is going to learn. Yeah. Versus public, they just push you along if you fall behind and then they let you out when you're 18, 19 years old and you say, Hey, figure it out. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a balance. I think that, um, schools have propped up a lot of the prices to like, I mean, it's like $200 to buy a book that I'll I'll read four times. Right. Like, how could you do that to me? Like that's, that's not, that's not cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of people might not be in a position where they are in a job that is pretty lucrative post-graduation. Um, I know a bunch of people who are, graduating with specific degrees and they're like, dude, I still can't find a job. And I wish that someone would have had a conversation with them saying like, hey, bro, like, let's look four years out where you're going to work. How logical is that career and how lucrative is it for you? If it means going to state and racking up 80 to $100,000 worth of school debt and then your income is only going to be 40 to 50, might not be a good idea. Like, let's, let's talk through this. And that's not to say that those degrees don't have value, but... I just feel like these these children need to be 
like talk to and I'll call them children because yeah. you're 18 years old. Like mm-hmm. your, your brain doesn't even fully develop until you're 25. Like I truthfully don't even think I, anything below 25, you shouldn't even be voting yet. Yeah. And that cuts me out. That cuts me <laughs> that out. Cuts us both. That cuts us both out. And that's like, what do we know? Yeah. You just went through college. You never worked a day in your life. You most likely don't have a kid. What do you know about the real world that allows you to vote because you learned something in a book from a professor that, I mean, they, they're smart, but your job is to teach people about a book. You don't do what others do. Right. So I don't know. I'm probably going to get my, uh, get reamed out for talking bad about college, but I mean, it's just, <laughs> I have a love hate for it. I love yeah. the classes that provided value for me, but I don't necessarily trust everything that comes out of a college's mouth. Yeah. So I um, agree. It's, I don't know, it's, you're just trying to balance. It's a, it's really a complicated subject because it's really like, from a college perspective, like you should really be taking it on a case by case basis, like for your students, mm-hmm. like even like growing like in the development of like high school and things like that, like the counselors and people like that, like they should really be trying to like push you towards what you're trying to do. So like I think like it comes from like an accountability standpoint, you know, like kind of like. Trying to trying to figure out what makes that individual tick. Like what what is this? what is something that this person is passionate about? Well, here's three options for what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And okay, you don't like these three options. Well, you have this specific character in you. Well, why why don't you consider this? Yeah, it's more of a patience thing to where you could like kind of help somebody throughout society to yeah. like make that decision for what they feel is yeah beneficial for them and their family down the line and the people around them i'm trying to think like if so like junior my senior year was the biggest blow off i think i i took (laughs) i I took a class that allowed me to hang out for three hours and sell t-shirts at lunch that's what i did um i want to i want to know if there was like a way to in junior year and senior year allow you the opportunity to choose like what classes you take. And I know mm-hmm. like you're leaving schooling in the hands of a 16 and 17 year old or 18 year old, which is just blasphemy. Yeah. Cause like they could say like, Oh, I'm going to take home Mac. I'm going to take gym. I'm going to do this. Like I understand that. And maybe there needs to be some like guidance, but like, you have to take something that actually challenge you a little bit. Right. Um, but like if there's a kid who's going to be a mechanic, he should not be taking or forced to take physics or chemistry. No, he's not going to be that person. Yeah. And I know there's like, oh, well, you don't know that. He might actually like it. No. Like I some classes, yes, but I'll, I'm never going to like algebra. I'm never going to like the sciences. Like no. I knew going into like where I was going to be. And it was probably using my mouth because I talked way too much. I was like <laughs> in trouble. Like a teacher could have told me that. I, my parents could have told me that. So... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think it would be nice to have each kid like almost evaluated case by case. Like yeah. if there was more counselors to where they'd be like, hey, like how that guy pieced me up at work saying, what do you want to do, mentor. brother? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And it would be nice to have like a counselor basically pull a kid out for an hour once a quarter and be like, hey, what are you going to do with your life? Mm-hmm. And then almost divulge into what their parents are doing. And is this what you want? Are you happy with the situation? Yeah. Because, I mean, they're kids, it's hard, but you kind of have to do some, like, heartstrings on them to get them thinking about it. Because unless you're, like me, and are scarred from the 08, 09 recession and just everything that happened during that time, 
if you're not scarred from anything, you just think the world is bliss. Yeah. You're just like, I'm going to escape through school. I guess I can go to college. And then boom, you're 22 years old, 21 years old, and you're just completely confused. And yeah. now you're out on the streets and they call you Antifa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have no idea how to overcome adversity. Once you get hit with that stuff oh, when you're, you're older, you're like, you're screwed. That's why I think our generation was actually aft. No, no. I think Where our generation is amazing because of what we went through. Hmm. Because we were able to see the technology be developed. We were able to see how recession can affect the whole entire world. Like we're we're at we're at a time where we could like really change shit. See yes and no because like I see a lot of people who because they live in the technology era and a lot of them were they don't know what adversity is. A mm-hmm. lot of people around here do because we understand what uh, if the automotive industry goes out, this is what's left. Yeah. But like I sit down with a lot of young professionals and they're like, dude, making money like why do i need to put money elsewhere it's like you're you only know bliss because you graduated in a point where you're making a lot of good money you're living at home Mm -hmm. you have fifteen hundred dollars left over to just blow and it's not like they do a good job of telling us about like the pain that we went through in the past like i don't know about the recession the only reason why i know about the recession is because i lived through it with my family and it just so happened that my dad was a designer at, at, uh, at gm if you weren't attached to that or if you weren't even as um, – even if you just kind of skated by and your family wasn't affected as much, you might not understand the value of like making smart decisions now financially to have options and flexibility later. So Exactly. Um, I'm kind of all over the place. but No, I understand what you're saying because like some people like they just haven't been exposed to like that kind of like – It's been great. Adjustment. You know? Even with that, like yeah. I, I sit here and talk about like, oh, oh, what was me? But like outside of those two like awkward years mm-hmm. that I learned from, like things have been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't keep those times in the back of my head, I would be living life differently. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's It's confusing to me on why everybody's so like like there are things to be upset about that are going on mm-hmm. currently but the the one thing that I try to realize if someone was to come in and sit down with me for a financial plan mm-hmm. and I just berated them I said you're an idiot you don't know what you're doing you're so dumb you don't even get to say just listen to what I have to say how apt are you going to be to doing what I have to say and that's basically what on both sides of the spectrum Fox is saying Trump's awesome on the other side Biden's awesome Trump's Trump's a bad man yeah there's no in-between dialogue about like, hey, There's but, but, but what do I do with this information? You tell me he's bad. You tell me he's good. Now what do I do? And I'll have conversations with people who are very emotional about their stance on things. And I'm like, that's good. Like use that emotion. But if you're so emotional about something, you need to learn how to convey that to somebody. Mm-hmm. Piecing somebody up and saying, how dare you vote for him? Or how dare you think that this is a good policy? Like, I'm not going to want to listen to a damn thing you say no, if you're going to sit there and just shit on my ideas. Because I'm sitting here saying, I thought this was a good idea. And you're going to sit here and just belittle me? I'm not going to want to talk to you. You're going to push me to talk to people who see the same uh, ideology as me. Yep. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be stuck in a... Uh, a bubble uh, of closed-minded. Yeah, an, an echo chamber of yeah. people who think the same. But 
when they might have had things that I needed to listen to to get me from a specific um, extreme on both ends. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's like the one thing I noticed is just in today's world, everybody's everybody has an opinion and I love that. Yeah. But you need to be smarter about how you convey that message to people because yeah. you're not going to gain any followers by shitting on people. No. You have to Never. have conversations. You have to be willing to listen to what people have to say and you have to be willing to understand that you're not going to get there. You know what? You're right by the end of this. I mean, yeah. that's, that's life. Not everyone's going to see eye to eye to you. So that was like the one thing I, I, I was thinking about on the way here. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Dude, I'm happy you brought that up. Because like, really like we're at the point where like people are saying this, people are saying that and nobody knows what to believe. So everyone's like this. Yeah. Everyone's got so their pointing fingers at each yeah. other. And what's going to happen from that? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do we how do we meet right here to where we could actually understand like other points of view and be able to have these conversations that are going to benefit everybody as a whole instead of you know being in a closed minded bubble. Mm-hmm. Either way, there, either way it goes. There needs to be like so. Like, let's just say this is the center, mm-hmm. and people on the right, people on the left, in they think that by going further and further in their direction via extremist. Yep. They're going to have they're so much. They're, they're going to win. win. But it only just makes us hate the other side almost yeah. so much more. So like the only way that we're going to be able to come to some sort of agreement is we have to cut the bullshit on both ends yep. and somehow find a way to be in the middle. Like I totally wish this is obviously never going to happen. But if they had a Republican president and a Democratic president and then there was like a group of people who were like, uh, let's go like – Four people, I guess it would be like five and five, one, five Republicans, five Democrats would vote on something that the president's decided to say. And there was one like moderator or like a, like a libertarian, I don't know. Yeah. Just to kind so of be like right the one where like, like, well, it, this person. Yeah. Like this makes sense. Like someone who's going to be smack yeah. dab in the middle, but that'll never happen. And we'll just continue this. Because people don't want to hear other people out. It's unfortunate. Sadly. People actually get off by division. Like, they oh, yeah. actually get off by, like, being... I, I'm a firm believer in being different than other people. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But you have to have that, like, inside to where you're able to want to understand somebody for being different. There's some people that just take advantage of that. They're like, no, I don't care what this person's saying. I don't care what this person's saying. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm going all the way this way. And I'm going to try to tell you how to be this. Yeah. Yeah. And I... One way I look at it is that, like, on one end, you have very strong religious Republicans who, mm-hmm. if you're rooted in God, yeah. you should love one another and you should be more open to hearing about that. On the other side, you have extreme Democrat, I guess you'd call it woke people, mm-hmm. who are they're so about like loving one another that they are aggressive. Yeah. And it's like, if you both love each other, how about you guys just come to a conversation exactly. with each other, but you guys won't get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I prefer to talk to people who are on a specific side, but more towards the center, because yeah. I know that they're not going to be emotional in the mm-hmm. way that I talk to them. Because nobody wants to be around somebody that's trying to tell them how to do something. No, you don't know my experiences. Like, I can't you be, don't, you don't know what I, I can't be with either side of the spectrum by myself, dude. No. Like, for real. Like... It's like, can you just understand like this 
this part of it. And I don't like talking about it with people because <laughs> it's like, I, I would love to talk about it, but because if I say the wrong thing, it's going to change your um, opinion of me. Yeah. Like, what are we exactly. talking about here? Like, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in Christ, but if you come over here and tell me you're atheist, I'm not going to spit on your feet and tell you, get out of my face. Yeah. So like, I just don't understand the logic. And if you don't, if you don't agree with me, shut up. Because mm-hmm. that's that's only going to make me disagree with you even more. So Exactly. So it's all about finding that common ground, really. But most people aren't willing to do that. Common ground via discussion. Yeah. And and holding your tongue when someone says something that you might not agree with. Exactly. So. I mean, Hearing them out. Yeah. And like, we're, I mean, to level, like we're a bunch of, I mean, we're two 24-year-olds yeah. talking about what we know about life. Like. People have always like, these kids don't know shit. And like, I'll be the first one to tell you that I don't, but I'm also not sitting here telling you that everything I'm saying is definitive. Yeah. I'm over saying I don't know, but yeah. I just want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope that for the people who do view this podcast or to who uh, listen to this specifically, we're not sitting here saying like, hey, this is, this is the way to go. But like... We're having a conversation. And yeah. I know we don't. I mean, we see eye to eye a lot, but not completely everything. But it's still good to know that I have somebody who I can talk to in specific situations. Exactly. Just to kind of get a different foresight because you're never going to learn much. So. No. But I just wanted to go on this disclaimer there because I'm like, oh, you think you're smart, Nick? Yeah. You think you know shit? Like, That's no, what I didn't say do. that. I just want to talk about it. That's what they always do, man. They're always going to try to question why you feel the way you feel. You know what I'm saying? But like as a person that's grounded in what you you know believe in and mm-hmm. how you actually operate in real life, yeah, you're actually able to overcome a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I get like, dude, we both we both been through the ringer, dude. We both know like who's who thinks we're this, who thinks we're that. But like at the end of the day, like we're not trying to persuade anybody any type of way. We're just having an open discussion, and that's how. Honestly, people need to do things. It's just, that's the only thing I'm going to sway towards is like, just have an open discussion with people. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about things and come to, come to a common ground. You could, you could yell, you could fight, you could talk about all this different stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, if you, if you hit one thing that somebody else believes in, somebody else cares about, and you understand about that, that's where you find the common ground. And that's where respect is given. Yeah. And that's where... And that's not to say, like, it doesn't take time. Because, oh, like, I've had conversations with people who are on a different, who have a di- opposing view mm-hmm. of, of what I think. But that day, I might be like, wow, that guy just doesn't, we just could not come to terms. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to sleep on it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, something might happen. I'm like, hmm. Maybe, that, maybe what he said did hold weight. But you mm-hmm. won't know until you have that conversation. You won't so. know put yourself in a position where people are open to having a conversation with you. Um, otherwise you're just going to get stuck in your echo chambers and you're going to find yourself just hearing the same thing and you're not going to grow from that. Yeah. So, and then you get resentful towards those people too. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, if the p- people you're talking to are just as upset about a specific topic as you are, I mean, if you're upset at that point. They're mm-hmm. they're amping you up to like this is this is outrageous. We cannot have this, and you're like, yeah, damn right we can't. Yeah. So you're not gonna if anyone even so much says something that doesn't correlate with you, 
you're going to freaking just snap at them, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because then yeah. you are on the other side pushing them to confirm their, oh, that's why I don't like you. Yeah. That's why I will never talk to you. And that's why I don't want to be part of your club. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hey, man. We're just we're just coming with solutions, man. We're just some, we're dudes, just we're just some dudes being guys. We're just we're, we're not average guys, but I mean Amen we're we're you know we're people that have a, have a general sense of like what's going on, and we could we could talk about these things openly. Yeah, and that's what's important. Yeah, you know, most people like, dude, if I came, <laughs> like either one of us, man, we come to somebody like in our respective realms, and we say something about how we feel, like they might take it a little bit differently yeah and then i i hope that in a discussion they don't take it as if like wow like me and him can't talk no more and i hope that they wouldn't bottle up i hope they would come out and be like hey i disagree because of abc because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is go to a party where everyone's chanting one side and you didn't feel comfortable enough to say something mm-hmm. so just try to be open to so just hanging out with other people who might not agree yeah. with you. You'll learn a lot. Exactly. Yeah. So I just want to say I really appreciate you coming out here, Nick. It's been nothing but a blessing for us to come here and talk about things and open up people's minds to spiritual, mental, and physical awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to ask you one question before we go. What's the biggest takeaway from you being here on the podcast with me? Well, one that I you thought highly enough of me to bring me on here to think that some of the things that I said actually hold weight. But I mean, you, you said it, you hit the nail on the head, uh, mental, spiritual, physical, like if you can master those three things, your life is going to be exponentially better. So that would be my, my three takeaways, excluding all of our back and forth that we did those three take that home. And that's the thing, regardless of the back and forth, you got to come at one common thing. And that's what me and Nick do. Amen. And that's what we have been doing. And that shows in our relationship. So I encourage everybody out there that's listening to this or watching this on all platforms to have those open conversations. Find that common ground and the world will be a better place. Yeah. Nah, man, you gotta be kidding me, man. Come on. You cheat me, you cheat yourself, right? Yeah. Signal going in and out, swimming at the house, live with no doubts, zen the fuck out, big dog plays, the payoffs and route, laid across the couch, I'm zen the fuck out.